Chapter 16 You should have told him, everyone said. Surely the combined power of the hierarchy could put a stop to Katak's will, if it is Katak's will. If? Can't you see? All the signs are there. Men at one another's throats. The Lakelanders are on the brink of war. Even the hierarchy rife with feud and suspicion. Wherever Katat is, he sows his seed. Even as his brothers sow the seed of anarchy across the realms at Calvard's bidding. Then all the more reason to go to the council and tell them. They have a right to know, to deal with Katak of one mind. Hevron, again I say, I may not speak of this to any human soul on Ulm. But why, why, Hevron demanded. It's all very well for this just a fellow to give orders. It's not his world at stake. But it is. Gum cried. If Arm fall, his world is forever cut off. Therein lies some difference, Everon said. Oh, if I could tell these wizards, then surely I would. First to get past me, Stormfleet reared, sending Hebron back. Think what a sniff of Katak's power might do to them in time. Saving Tolayson, there's not one who wouldn't bend a little or a lot in the end. Come, Hevron said. I don't know. Take Falgan. He's proud, but corruptible. I don't think he would... The roan fell silent. This is all very well, K.K. said, but it doesn't tell us what to do. There is only one thing to do, Mum said soberly. I must go to Sundor and find the Lake Lord's seal. You? Everon bared his teeth. You're not the wizard yet. So? Falgan has done no good there. Not even Mikrim Thurgrill himself. I must go. I know the stakes. And besides, he added as though to himself, this is as it was meant to be. He looked up. I shall leave for Sundor this day. Count me out! K.K. cried. Call on Argagon. Be wise. Think, Hevron urged. Gom faced Hevron squarely. I've called on my mother every day for months, but she does not respond. And even if we spoke this minute, she could not be back in time to stop this massacre. I wish that I could bear you on Asito's back, Stormfleet said. You'd be there in no time. Gom patted his friend's neck. Maybe you could, if you'd risk it. What? You have the transformation spell? Already? Gom took out his crystal, dangled it on its chain. I invested it this very morning. You did? 
Then change me now. Wait, Hevron said. Could this spell go wrong? Don't listen, Stormfleet snorted. Get on with it. Just a minute gone, KK cried. Let's talk sense. You'll never get to Sundor quietly, parading on a seato. She's right, Hevron said. Gom looked from one to the other, then to his friend. The power is here. I can use it any time. I suppose. Go pack. And put on gauntlet and pad, Gom. KK said, Oh, you said you'd not go near that place. That I shan't. But I shall scout your way out to the marsh border. After that, well, perhaps I'll get a cousin to lead you in. Gom packed a few necessities. Water bottle, rations, Vala's cloak, Carrick's map. Then, the house safely locked away behind them, they moved swiftly through the Dunderfoss, Gom having told the forest of his urgency and where he would come out. As before, they emerged by the little river that led south and moved fast along its eastern bank, over ground that Gorm and Stormfleet had trodden on their journey to Penlangoth to find a wizard master. Now Gorm wore Vala's cloak, keeping a wary eye out for Yulkinta, K.K. scouting constantly ahead. As they went, trees along the river bank flamed yellow and orange and red, and thickets of bramble and hobble-bush began to shrivel. This was where Yorov took me prisoner, Gom said, as they passed through the remembered place. Eilith Kuntalin is just to the west, not far from here. On the eighth day, they left the river, and struck out south-east through hill and woodland towards Sundor's barrier hills without trouble, reaching them in only nineteen days. It was twilight when the low crescent hill range came in sight, dark smudges on the horizon. Beyond them lay Sundor's deadly waste, Kiki shrank into Gom's shoulder. That is where we part, I think. That is where we shall all part. The marsh is deadly uncertain, even for human feet. A horse would not get far. And Sundborg is at the marsh's very centre. I shall go in alone. Stormfleet lowered his head and pawed the ground. You think to leave me behind now? Think again. One wrong step, and we'll both be sucked down. Not if a cousin showed you where to tread, Kiki said. We'll stop this side of the hills, and I'll go find us a guide tomorrow.
What guide? Everon said, as they moved on toward the distant range. How would any creature of the air know where a horse should put his feet? Why, any bird that would survive in that place will know where men go, K.K. retorted. Hedron sniffed the wind. You really think we should stop here tonight? There may be sentries in these hills. Come to think, there'll be watchers across the fen. How will you get by them to the king's fortress? I don't know. Gum unslung pack and stuff and set them down. Vala's cloak worked well in woodland. But over open fen? He had the invisibility spell stored in his crystal, of course. But he'd rather save that power to use inside Sundborg. You know, you're right about one thing, he said. I'd be a fool to travel through the dark. I'll move on in the morning with K.K.'s, help, uh, KK's kin's help. He amended hastily as K.K. started up. He took out his map, spread it, and examined the great wide marsh with the single peak at the centre. There was no other way to reach that mountain than across the marsh. And that marsh was bottomless, he'd been told. A thick skin of mud and grit floating on an inland sea. If he were to tumble into that bog, he'd be sucked down through the mud into cold black water that ran beneath down to the roots of the world. Gom shivered, his eyes on the map. Somehow... He must cross that open waste, find a path to tread. Sunset deepened into dusk, dusk darkened into night. Gom wrapped himself in his cloak and lay down, looking up at the stars. He was just dropping off to sleep when he became aware of someone standing over him. He turned his head, tried to sit up, found he could not move any further. The figure crouched, bent backed, looking on him Intently, Gum moved his eyes, caught a glimpse of Stormfleet and Hebron close by, still silent sentinels. They do not see me, traveller. The voice was old and plaintive. Who are you? Sit, sit, the old man said. 
Be comfortable. Gong, feeling his body release, sat up slowly. Are you of the fin? He moved his hand to his belt, to the clasp of his knife. To his surprise, the figure began to rock to and fro as though in pain. Of the fin? Oh, I like that. I do. I do. Oh, oh, am I of the fin? To Gon's astonishment, the man began to cry. Lost, he mumbled. All lost. Gon touched the man lightly on the arm. What have you lost? Perhaps I can help you find it. The man looked up slowly, his face pale in the starlight, the tears shining on his cheeks. Yes. You will add that. He began rocking again, muttering to himself all the while. Gom eyed the man uncertainly. Was he ill? Unhinged? Did he wander in his mind? What is your name, old fellow? The man looked up. My name? He laughed, a sharp, disconcerting sound. It is not yours. A destroyer is your name. And yet it is not a curse. The curse is yonder. The man waved his arm towards the fen. You are wrong, Gom said. My name is not Destroyer. You mistake me for someone else. Listen, do you know Sundborg? Aye, better than most, the man said. Then, do you know a quiet way in? The man pointed down. Under, but that way is closed. He shut his eyes and began to sing. In days old this barren beast was bountiful and fair. The marsh was filled with shoals of fish and birds flocked through Marsh Haven was this country called when good King Gorfid lived, and at its center rose the peak with lofty wall maintained. Its gate was ever open.
traveler in need. In peace and honor dwelt its folk in noble word and deed. Until one day a savage horde came in with purpose harsh. They stormed the peak and took the folk and drowned them in the marsh. The leader made himself a king and Sundborg named that peak. And on the land with cruel land did great destruction wreak. Now in this desolation few creatures still persist, and few things live amid those pools beneath that dismal mist. And so today the haven seems a dying waste forlorn. A withered place, quite without hope, that but you be reborn. Yet Gothid, with his final breath, when pushed into the fen, foretold the peak's destruction, claimed that it would rise again. And now at last that hard of come, the evil king must drown. The unknowing of our child's must bring on mountain down. Lo, the sleeper doth awake to bring beyond thy way. That curse may now its vengeance take and ill the monarch pay. Gothid's chimney is a cross over which you'll kneel. Place the waters to the bone, fastened boys tailed to heal. The old man's voice trailed away, leaving silence between them. Then, in one quick, smooth movement, he stood up, tall and straight, the tatters of his garments flapping against his emaciated body. Now it begins and will not end until Sundborg lies under the marsh. The man turned away, tears shining 
on his hollow cheeks. Please, Gon said, if you'd only tell me. The figure vanished into the night. Gon leapt up, ran after him. But of the stranger, there was no sign. Shrugging, he turned back. Old beggar, feeble-minded vagrant. No, that had been no ordinary man. All the time the stranger had crouched there, Gom had sat, lacking the will, the power to move. Those cryptical things of which he'd spoken, the mysterious prophecy. And that song, a strange ballad it had been, an ancient lay, a simple saga of tragic proportions. Gom sat down suddenly. King this, mountain that, the words had gone. Until the end, when he'd been looking straight at Gom. Gorfit's chimney is the crux over which you'll kneel. Gom drew up his knees, hugged them tightly, and all that about a hand no bigger than a child's, bringing the mountain down. Gom brought up a hand, inspected it, hastily replaced it around his knees. This had been no chance encounter. Just as if the old man had been waiting for me. But how could that be? He muttered uneasily. The horses stirred and shifted their feet. What, gone? Stormfleet said drowsily. Still awake? Gong said nothing. Tomorrow, perhaps, under the light of day, when his mind was clear, he'd try to tell what had just happened. He lay down again and composed himself to sleep. Katie's cries awoke him. He sat up, blinking, as she wheeled against a bloodshot sky. The sun was just about to rise. Cowards! She came crossly to his shoulder. Every last one of them! It looks as though I'll have to go in there after all. Gom reached up and stroked her head, smoothing down her feathers. You don't have to go anywhere. You can wait here with Stormfleet and Hebron. I'm not waiting here, Stormfleet snorted. Nor I, Hebron said. And if you think I'll stay here by myself, pray to any who'd feast on one small marsh harrier, K.K. cried, then you are much mistaken. Gom shrugged helplessly. All right, we'll go together through these hills. And then we'll see. That we shall, K.K. said. The other side is the marsh. 
just my sort of place if it weren't for those evil folk. What's it like? Everyone said. Low ridges, scarcely bigger than the furrows in a field. A flooded field, for most of it is under water. Any shelter? A few runty bushes on the ridges. Not enough to hide you far, and it's very misty out over the fen. You'd likely get lost, for it all looks the same. I couldn't see the mountain. I didn't see much of anything else either, until I was right on top of it. But could I move in from ridge to ridge? Rom said. Everyone snuffled nervously. I said I, Rom went on. It sounds much too dangerous for four legs to walk. Or for two, K.K. retorted. Those ridges curl and curve about like a maze. It could take you hours to walk them, and you'd be terribly exposed. Anyone could come out of the mist, and every step you take might prove your last. There are safe paths, for I spotted a few men here and there, but I can't pick those paths out, Gon. Then how shall I reach the mountain? Only by the official approach, K.K. said. The causeway to the east. Even that is sunken in places, but it's the only possible way. Causeway? Gon knuckled his face thoughtfully. A road into Sundborg. Safe, but exposed. How would he travel it? He picked up his things, ready to move on. There was only one way to find out. It was mid-afternoon when they crested the hills and looked down on muddy waste receding into marsh gas. K.K. had described it well. Scrubby ridges writhing like fat maggots over a wide expanse of reed and water. Somewhere in there, invisible through the grey, rose Sundborg, King Gault's mountain fortress. Gon sighed. K.K. was right. He couldn't guess which direction to take. K.K. sounded warning as a large dark shadow circled overhead. A huge carrion bird sweeping in to sea. Gom looked up warily, thinking of the skull bird, but K.K. only gave it a shrill good day. Well, Hevron said. Stormfleet sniffed the air. It smells bad. What do you think? Come on, said Gom. Let's find that causeway. They turned eastward, keeping to the marsh's hill boundary, reaching the causeway in late twilight. 
even as Gom surveyed that uncertain cobbled path, a noisy band of horsemen galloped by toward the distant fortress, vanishing into the mist. How far? Gom asked the harrier. Hours for one on foot, she said. It winds and it dips. You'd have to go slow if you'd not wander off into the marsh. Stormfy pricked his ears. Many slow hooves coming this way. Unwheels, everyone said. Big ones. Kiki flew up into the air. A caravan! She shrieked. Mules and wagons! A whole line of them! Out of the hills they came. About fifty supply wagons, led or driven by a band of tired-looking men. One by one, the carts rumbled past, their wheels bumping off grass and onto cobbles. Mmm! Hevron snuffled softly. Looks as though King Lord is preparing for a siege. Gom took off his cloak and stuffed it into his pocket. KK, watch for me tomorrow. And you two, will you wait here? What will you do? Stormfleet said. If all goes well, Gom slung his staff and moved after the last wagon. I'll be going into Sundborg in broad daylight at the back end of of a bag of salt. Stormfleet reared his head. Remember what happened the last time you took a ride in someone else's food cart? Why, yes. Gum looked back, grinning. I bumped into a horse. 